Fishing for a show aimed at the outdoor enthusiast? Tune in to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, Saturday at 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern on Rural Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 147, and on the Sirius XM app. Welcome in to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, brought to you by Bass Pro Shops. If you love fishing, hunting, and the great outdoors and want to make it even better, you're in the right place with host Rob Keck. Your adventure starts right here. Good morning and welcome and happy new year and thanks for tuning into Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, brought to you by Bass Pro Shops, where truly your adventure starts right here. I'm Rob Keck, your host, and once again, Happy New Year 2020, and I sincerely hope that uh, 2020 brings you all that you hope and work for and that this year your hunting and your fishing dreams come true. And as you look to the months ahead, I trust that all of your hunting and fishing plans begin to gel, making this year your best year ever outdoors. Well, today we are living in the golden years of hunting and fishing with so many opportunities out on the water in the forests and out on the fields of our great nation and beyond. There's no better time than now to reflect on the past, but plan for those upcoming seasons. For many, wildlife conservation convention, outdoor trade, and and sports show season, it's a great time to place... uh, and a place just to help you with those plans. It's a place where you can find the latest gear, talk to the hunting and fishing pros, explore opportunities with friends and outfitters, and plan and book those trips. Well, today we're talking about what makes those dreams possible, the wise conservation management of our precious wildlife and fisheries. And as many of you know, without wise conservation management, we would not have the fish and wildlife that we enjoy today. And without fish and wildlife, we wouldn't have fishing or hunting as we know it today. For the next hour, we're going to be talking about conservation leadership, stewardship, and the commitment of Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's, along with the focus of the Wildlife Management Institute's conservation priorities of 2020. Our guests today are the president of Wildlife Management Institute, Steve Williams, the senior director of conservation for Bass Pro Shops, Bob Zemer, and of course, as we begin the first segment of each month's show, we have back with us the communications manager for Bass Pro Shops, Katie Mitchell. Katie, Happy New Year, and welcome back to Outdoor World. What a year it's been, and what a year we are looking forward to. Absolutely. Happy New Year to you, Rob, and everyone listening as well. Hope 2020 is blessed for all. You know, we we really, speaking of blessings, uh, are are blessed with many fine and wonderful partners, our our corporate partners and, and, and sponsors and friends and everything, and we just come off. Uh, speaking of a good year, we just come off of the very exciting Anglers for the Bahamas uh, Christmas Festival event in the Bahamas. You know, Mr. Johnny Morse, uh, founder, owner of Bass Pro Shops and renowned conservationist, uh, wanted to bring some cheer to that very hardly hit area in the Bahamas back in late August, where 90% of those buildings, you know, were were, were destroyed in the most affected areas, and some 70,000 people. We're without food and water, housing, just everything. They lost everything. Well, Mr. Morris, being the person that he is, wanted to bring you know the, some cheer to those families and, and especially the children at Christmas. And so he arranged. I want to ask you something real quick, Rob. Did you ever see it snow in the Bahamas? I never did. Never been to the Bahamas. <laughs> Did you ever see a flying elf? Oh, no. <laughs> well, you would have if you'd been at the Christmas Festival there, the Santa's Wonderland event, the very popular event in the States and Canada as well. We now took it to the Bahamas, where Mr. Morris and our partners like Convoy of Hope and FedEx and uh, just a bunch of other guys, we really made it very special. Uh, some 20,000 kids and their families got to enjoy the Santa's Wonderland. Wow. They got to experience snow, mm-hmm. throw snowballs, as we had a giant snow machine there. Ferris wheels. This was a four-day event where 20,000 kids and their families received toys and groceries. Like I said, got to throw snowballs, enjoy big outdoor inflatables and Ferris wheels and lots of good Bahamian Christmas food. They got their time with Santa and a free photo made. And it was a very festive four-day celebration. Uh, Again, thanks to our partners, like I said, Convoy of Hope and um, FedEx and all the many others that that came to us. The Bahamian Prime Minister, Hubert Minnis, also attended this event. It was a very grand affair, brought a lot of Christmas smiles to some very deserving children, and just just a wonderful way to end the year. Speaking of the year ahead, many more great outdoor opportunities at Bass Pro Shops. We are going to kick things off with some ice fishing. We've got spring 
Fishing Classic coming up, if you can believe that. And, of course, our tradition with NASCAR will continue through 2020. Let's talk about that in February, uh, about some exciting plans there. We'll do it. Katie, we're out of time. As always, great stuff. Happy New Year, too. We return. Going to introduce the next guest, the Senior Director of Conservation for Bass Pro Shops, Bob Zemer. This and a whole lot more coming right up. And I'm Rob Keck, your host, right here on Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. Years ago, sportsmen led the first revolt to save what was left of North America's dwindling wildlife resources, and it took purpose and commitment. This crusade began with Theodore Roosevelt's forming the Boone and Crockett Club in 1887. Since then, sportsmen and women have been at the forefront of every environmental revolution in this country, providing the vision, funding, and manpower to establish and run what has become the most successful system of wildlife management in the history of mankind. Yet, to this day, our story remains relatively unknown, especially to those who don't hunt or fish. We must tell this story, but we need to do more than that. We must insist that others who claim to be conservationists but work tirelessly on campaigns to end all hunting honestly examine the evidence and then ask themselves where would the wildlife they cherish be without sportsmen's dollars and without sportsmen's efforts. Conservation had a beginning, but it has no end. To learn more, visit booneandcrocketclub.com. Back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World on Rural Radio, Sirius XM. And welcome back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. If you've just tuned in, we're introducing our next guest. Well, I can tell you this passionate and accomplished conservationist, a great leader. He understands the importance of team and a professional in every respect. He's the past director of the Missouri Department of Conservation and now the Senior Director of Conservation for Bass Pro Shops, my good friend, Bob Zemer. Bob, Happy New Year, and welcome back to Outdoor World. I tell you what, Happy New Year to you and everybody, Rob. 2020 is going to be an exciting year. Well, it is. You know, it's a year, it's a new year full of anticipation, excitement, resolutions, plans. And uh, before we get into the the meat of conservation, I've got to ask you, being an avid hunter that you are, do you have one bucket list hunting or fishing trip on the calendar for 2020? And if so, would you mind sharing it with us? Well, I, you say one, and I recognize that number. But I tell you what, life is good. And, and I do have two that even over the holidays uh, was talking to finalize. Uh, one is pursuing wild turkey uh, with my son-in-law. He has a desire to pursue all of the subspecies. And so this spring will find us in the great state of Florida as well as Texas trying to get two more of those subspecies uh, in front of him for those, you know, just thundering mornings where the turkeys are gobbling. And then with my youngest daughter, we're looking to head out of the country to Canada, Newfoundland, Canada, for a moose hunt this fall. Perfect. Perfect. I'm going to do the same thing with my son-in-law, Charlie. He wants to take his first Osceola, and we're going to do that in March. Well, look, Bob, anyone who turned on the TV over the holidays certainly saw the names learned of the names Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's if they hadn't heard them before. And those who shopped online or at our many destination retail locations across the United States and Canada, they experienced that, uh, you know, this huge retailer has the best price on the best products for everything outdoors. But, you know, what many may not realize is that Bass Pro Shops is a major conservation leader worldwide. And I'd love if you would to tell us more about the conservation leadership and the commitment from its founder, Johnny Morris. Would you care to share that with us? You know, Rob, when we look at uh, the Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's banners that are out there, uh, conservation is the core of the company, and, and we're proud to continue to be a national leader. I think part of that is working for a company that recognizes the future of conservation. And when I say conservation, You know, you talk about clean air, pure water, abundant fish and wildlife. The future of that is in our hands. And working with Johnny Morris, uh, you know, I look at the leadership and really the philosophy that Johnny has lived out over the past 40 years. And that is a philosophy of knowing one of the most important things we can do for the future of the outdoor industry is to invest in the future of conservation. And, of course, that that comes, Johnny is quick to remind individuals that the outdoor industry, one of the key cornerstones upon which we rest is conservation and making sure that the, the landscape is out there in a way 
and that people have access uh, to enjoy the great outdoors. Uh, also, building upon that, knowing we cannot do it alone. To do significant conservation work and advancement requires teamwork. And Johnny continues to build the philosophy, the belief, and the approach that we're going to work with partners to continue to shape the future of conservation, not just in this country, but across North America. So well said. Well, you know, the company, Bass Pro Shops Cabela's, doing many things to advance conservation. And of course, there's three pillars that underpin this effort. Why don't you share with our listeners those three pillars, Bob? You know, and as we look at the company, of course, our mission, hopefully individuals can just feel the passion when they go into a store or they interact with our employees. But our mission is to inspire everyone to enjoy, love, and conserve the great outdoors. That's easy said. How do we live that out day in and day out? As a company, we have developed three pillars, priority areas, if you will, that guide our activities and and guide our partnerships uh, with others. And those three are, the first is conserving wildlife and habitat. And that's easy to say, but really when you, if you want healthy fish and wildlife populations, robust populations, if you will, it takes key habitat. And working over the years, providing, you know, financial and in-kind support, we've been able to have a hand in restoring and protecting millions of acres across North America. Our second pillar is advocating for sportsmen. We live in a climate, Rob, that most individuals will understand at times is, is, from my opinion, way too divisive. But we are working, we are watching to make sure that the sportsmen and women have a voice as policies that are shaped. Uh, we're working to advance policies that open up access, that protect our outdoor heritage, and really are good for fish and wildlife long term and the people that enjoy those. The third pillar is connecting new audiences to the out of doors. And we all know that with the busy schedules and a variety of other factors, the time that individuals and especially kids spend outside today and connecting with nature and all the benefits and health benefits that go along with that uh, is greatly reduced over what it was just even just a few years ago. So those three pillars, conserving wildlife and habitat, advocating for sportsmen, and connecting new audiences to the out of doors drive the direction in which we're looking to uh, move the needle in a significant way for conservation. So powerful. So well said. Well, Bob, as you know, Bass Pro Shops Cabela's has something called the Outdoor Fund, and it's playing a big role in conservation funding. Why don't you share with our listeners uh, a little bit about this key program here in the last minute or so that we have before our next break? You know, really, the Outdoor Fund, and again, it is a uh, one piece of our conservation pie as we look to implement and, and partner in a significant way. It's a customer donation program, a 501c3 organization uh, that is run by a board. But as customers check out at our retail locations, they will have an opportunity to round their purchase up or make a donation. Those donations are collected and then utilized in a way that helps advance these three pillars. And again, the goal would be to allow our passion, passionate customers uh, to really have a vested interest and to feel proud and be a part of the significant conservation advancements. Well, again, this thing has done so well. Uh, can you share a little bit the magnitude, maybe in terms of dollars that uh, this fund has has supported during the past year? You know, as we've laid it out in, in the last year, we have worked through the Outdoor Fund with over 150 conservation organizations, and those are providing projects from the local level all the way up to the national level. Uh, when we look at the number of kids or youth that have been reached through these uh, grants just in 20. 19, it surpasses 7 million. So very significant in the reach of the program. And as we look at at just the 50 states, Outdoor Fund, uh, through customer donations, has advanced projects in 33 states. Wow. Well, look, we're out of time. This time goes so quickly. Got to take our uh, next break. If you would, hold that thought. We return. Going to continue our visit with Bob right here on Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. This is Rob Keck, and thanks for joining us, and we will be right back. We are the young minds that will shape tomorrow's world. But today, the world is in your hands. What's your vision for the future? 
Since 1937, Ducks Unlimited has been the world leader in wetlands and waterfowl conservation, and we've had the same vision for the future for more than 75 years. A future with clean water, abundant wildlife, plenty of places to enjoy nature, and wetlands, sufficient to fill the skies with waterfowl today, tomorrow, and forever. Sure, there's still a whole lot of work to be done, but we know we can turn things around together because we are the next generation of DU conservationists. And with a little help from you, our future is looking really bright. Ducks Unlimited, working for conservation for generations to come. A public service from Ducks Unlimited. Back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World on Rural Radio, Sirius XM. And welcome back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. And again, thanks for joining us. And if you've just tuned in, we're privileged to have with us the Senior Director of Conservation for Bass Pro Shops, Bob Zemer. You know, Bob, uh, we may have some listeners out there that are part of uh, some conservation groups that have never applied to the Outdoor Fund. Uh, quickly, how could uh, a group apply for funding uh, out of this program? You know, if individuals would like to know more about the Outdoor Fund or even participate in it, on the website, if they go out to BassProShops.com and you just scroll to the bottom, you'll see a banner that says Community and Conservation. Uh, clicking on that box will lead them into uh, the grant application process as well as a little more detail about about the fund, about projects that have been supported and really, that's a good way. It's it's an easy way, quick way for folks to apply if they think they have a good project for review. Yeah, well, you know, as we look at the outdoor fund, uh, you know, some of these funds stay at the local retail level. And, you know, as you pointed out there before the break, uh, you know, those funds are spent to advance uh, uh, Bass Pro Shop's three conservation pillars. Uh, share again with our listeners on how the distribution of those funds would work uh, that a percentage stays there at the local retail level. It, it does, Rob, and the Outdoor Fund is set up at different than many grant programs that are out there, and that is by design. As you said, a, a portion of those funds, uh, 20%, uh, can stay locally, where the retail location works with conservation groups in that community to do significant projects. Uh, the fund is also set up in a way, as you mentioned, if individuals would want to get out, would want to apply to get their project screened and, and uh, possibly funded, they can do that. We've also allocated a portion of the funds to work proactively with key conservation groups that are involved in really cutting-edge, tip-of-the-spear activities that we feel our customers would want to be involved with. And so under that scenario, we proactively meet with those groups, we develop proposals, and sometimes those activities are multi-year. Well, as you mentioned before the before the break also, that, uh, you know, millions of kids, 7 million kids in 33 states from 149 grants uh, that, were, that were funded, give us just a, a snapshot of just what kind of projects we might have been talking about. You know, when you look out there, it can be anything from <clears throat> helping a school obtain archery equipment uh, to participate in a national archery in the schools program. We have activities that around our retail locations are working to restore the habitat along certain stretches of streams or lakes or impoundments. Sometimes there are projects that are putting infrastructure uh, from boat ramps, sometimes sporting clay uh, areas out there to allow folks to be able to engage in those kind of activities. And then, of course, uh, all kinds of hunting and fishing. And really, as I referenced, the habitat work uh, comes right to the top. Well, Bob, you know, during the past year, uh, as you've alluded to, many projects, activities were completed, completed with our conservation partners. And that's really where I want to focus and, and talk about those uh, for the remainder of our time today in this segment and the following segment. And, you know, we've got some major conservation partners, partners that uh, have really led the way with, uh, in some cases, single species, who are some of those major conservation partners that I'm sure our listeners out there may be familiar with? You know, in 2019 was a good year, Rob, and I, I appreciate kind of your question that just puts the spotlight on our partners. We're so proud of who we work with. 
And in 2019, we worked with over 50 national conservation organizations. And specifically, in no order, just as they come to mind, of course, we've got the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, National Wild Turkey Federation, Ducks Unlimited, Boone and Crockett, uh, National Audubon, and we've got on the fisheries side, American Sport Fish Association, Center for Sport Fish Policy, International Game Fish Association, and of course, you know, many of our state fish and wildlife agencies uh, that we work with. And, and that's just a portion of the groups uh, that we have projects with. Yeah. Well, let's just take two of them. For example, Ducks Unlimited. I know we've been heavily invested in in their work uh, and, and also the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. Talk a little bit about the habitat work that we've done with these two organizations. Mm. And they are uh, two uh, great organizations that we're proud to partner with. When I think of both of those, and, and you said Ducks Unlimited, and I remember uh, the other evening just standing outside in the dark and, and hearing the waterfowl fly overhead and the calls and you know, a lot of times it's easy to forget that that's not by accident. And working with Ducks Unlimited on what they would say is their highest conservation priority area, it's, it's a breeding area uh, for waterfowl, the prairie pothole region. And that spills into <clears throat> about five states here in the United States. The Dakotas, of course, are, are big states there. And then provinces, uh, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Alberta are big making sure that those prairie pothole habitat uh, areas are there for waterfowl breeding. And in fact, over 50% of the migrating waterfowl that come across the lower 48 are produced right there. So we partner with Ducks Unlimited, have for many years. And when we reflect back, I just looked at a report they produced. And over the past 10 years, we've been able to ensure a restoration to 1.8 million acres of the Amazing. prairie pothole region. And that's Amazing. just one example. Of course, yeah. we're working with DU down along the Gulf Shore, uh, which is important for flood storage and all the, the benefits it provides society, but also important over wintering areas uh, for waterfowl. Well, look, many people don't realize that we also work with the scouts. In fact, Bass Pro Shops has long time partnered with the Scouts, and uh, you and I know there was some horrific fires that uh, covered the West. They touched on the Philmont Scout Ranch here just in the last minute. Why don't you share what the company's doing at the Philmont Scout Ranch there in New Mexico to improve conditions there for wildlife and for scouting? You know, and, and real quick, uh, in 2018, they did experience a wildfire that impacted about 40,000 acres of Philmont Scout Ranch, the largest high adventure ranch uh, for the Boy Scouts. And through that, we have uh, partnered in a way to help that habitat, that forested landscape that was burned recover, uh, working to minimize soil erosion down into the streams. But then also through that came a relationship where now we are reaching uh, 23,000 scouts and, and families with backcountry fly fishing, fly tying, and as that area, Philmont, has opened up to family programs. Now families are coming out there for weekend camping and, and up to a week and experiencing and learning uh, the benefits and the joy of fishing. Well, many of our listeners have been to Philmont, and I know you're glad to hear that. Well, look, we got to move to our first break. We return, going to continue our visit with the important conservation work of Bass Pro Shops Cabela's with Bob Zemer. This is Rob Keck, and you're listening to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, and we will be right back. Sirius XM's Rural Radio is your guide to the agricultural markets. Where expert analysts and traders join our discussion live. Your information. Open up the farm and the challenges we face. You can learn how to do it for yourself. Rural Radio, your gateway to the rural lifestyle. The latest information about hunting, fishing, and more. Rural Radio is the leader in Western sports. We talk about the latest in Western sports. Professional rodeo, bull riding. Sirius XM's Rural Radio. 147. Or listen on your phone when you get out of your car with the Sirius XM app. I'm Larry Weissen, life member of the Dallas Safari Club, and I'd like to invite you to become a member of the world's finest outdoor conservation organization whose mission revolves around wildlife conservation, education, and hunter advocacy. DSC is a worldwide organization comprised of like-minded outdoor people who have granted more than $4 million in the last two years in support of projects involved in the scientific-based management of wildlife and habitat. To learn more and become a member, please go to biggame.org. 
back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World on Rural Radio, Sirius XM. And welcome back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. You've just tuned in. We are in the second half hour of our show. Privileged to have with us the Senior Director of Conservation for Bass Pro Shops, Bob Zemer. Bob, the conservation project list that we've been involved with is, is long, and in no way could we begin to cover them all today. But let me go through a list of just a few. And, uh, you know, if you could give us just a brief, maybe one, two, three-sentence response or more if, it, if, if necessary to the work that's going on. And I'm going to go through this list. Let's start with Bristol Bay, way up in Alaska. Mm. And really, uh, for the for the listeners out there, Bristol Bay in Alaska finds itself uh, in the southeast corner of the Bering Sea. It is an area that is the most important, the last stronghold for salmon and salmon spawning. When we look at this area, it's uh, undisturbed today. Over half of the wild salmon harvested uh, in the world come from this watershed. This year alone, over 63 million sockeye salmon returned. As we look at this, uh, our our approach is this area is currently under consideration for mining, mining for copper and gold. And as we look at that, we look at the importance of the resource and the way in which the mine is proposed to be implemented. This is an area where we are investing a lot of time and energy to communicate uh, the importance of making sure areas like Bristol Bay remain long term. Well, let's go to the other part of the country, the other and way down south. How about the Florida Coral Disease Project? Yeah, and you look at Florida and Florida, you know, you look at the the recreational fishing industry and it's just the heart of fishing in this country. And Florida a coral disease is something that developed uh, five or so years ago. Florida has a coral reef, many may not know, is the third longest in the world. And this reef, coral reef, is being impacted by a virus that's moving through. And a little over half of the stony coral that are out there, the species, are susceptible to the virus and they're dying off. So we are working uh, to help fund research to figure out what's going on and how to solve it. But at the same time, to fund individuals to collect healthy coral and to hold them in what's called coral farms so that in the future they can be placed back out there to ensure the long-term success of this important uh, reef. I know you, like myself, enjoy planting trees to watch them grow, and of course the Arbor Day Foundation and the work we're doing there is doing just that. Why don't you share a little bit about the Arbor Day? Yeah, and and this kind of just adds to the diversity of of conservation efforts we have going on. Of course, the Arbor Day Foundation, as well as a a new agreement we're working with the National Forest Foundation, both of those together, in the next couple years, we're going to put over a half a million trees in the ground, just ensuring forest health. We're selecting priority locations that may have been impacted uh, by forest disease or uh, wildfires, as we had talked about earlier. And this is something that, you know, not only does it help the forest and all of the fish and wildlife, it helps air quality, helps our water quality. So a lot of benefits coming from that partnership. Well, there's certainly a lot of opportunity out there as we try to bring uh, bring new people, new audiences uh, into the outdoors. And one of those that is touching a lot of new prospective uh, members of our outdoor family, the George Herbert Walker Bush Education Fund. Tell us about that one. Yeah, and I tell you what, Take Me Fishing. It's the Take Me Fishing program that is focused and began in 2014 through a contribution from Johnny Morris and Bass Pro Shops to reach the heart of the urban areas and specifically help reach the Hispanic population. The population now, when you look at the anglers of all ages, we're right in that 49 million. Uh, Of those, uh, about 8 to 8.5% are uh, Hispanic. We are working to make sure that that fast-growing population has an opportunity to learn about fishing, boating, and really conservation. This program starts really, I was started through a pilot in 2014. It's grown into 12 states, and we're proud of that. It continues to uh, track metrics on participation. Uh, it's not just a one-day event. We work to plug in with uh, individuals and families and really communities and as this grows, I think it's going to help the long-term 
participation levels in fishing and boating and just understanding of the importance of conservation. But it all starts with giving individuals an opportunity, and that's what the program is all about. Who doesn't mind catching a big fish? In fact, we all go out there with hopes that we're going to catch the biggest one ever. There's a program in Florida called Trophy Catch, Trophy Care, which we've supported as well. Tell us about that. Yeah, Trophy Catch, what a unique uh, program that uh, started a few years ago. Bass Pro Shops has been a proud sponsor of that. It allows anglers to actively engage in providing key information or research to management biologists. Trophy Catch uh, occurs in the state of Florida. When you catch a fish of eight pounds or larger, and the largest one that was turned in in 2019 was right at 16 pounds. But when you catch one of those fish, this program has you collecting uh, some baseline information that you pass on to the state. The state uses that information to study the reservoirs that are producing these fish, these big fish. Why are they producing these big fish? And what steps can we help take to ensure that those top-end fish continue to be there in future years? Everything from growth rate to habitat types. It's a really exciting program. This year, we've kicked off with the state of Florida uh, Trophy Care. And again, there have been programs out there that help anglers in the catch and release scenario to make sure your fish survives. These top-end, really large bass require a little extra attention. And that's what Trophy Care is all about. We're excited about that. And the state of Florida just now is uh, rolling this program out so our listeners will hear more about it as we go through 2020. Bob, we only have a minute left, and I want to jump right to this one. Our conservation team has been heavily involved in the passage of some key conservation legislation very quickly in a sentence or two. Tell us about the passage of the Modern Fish Act and the Natural Resources Management Act. Mm, Very simply, uh, Modern Fish Act is something that uh, came out of a a committee that was put together, John co-chaired that, looking at how can we improve saltwater recreational fishing. The Modern Fish Act, for some time, uh, our laws out in the federal waters have treated recreational fishing very similar to commercial fishing. And as a result, the seasons have been shortened, uh, sometimes not occurring at all. You just have to look at the red snapper to see an example. The Modern Fish Act passes. It gives recreational anglers a seat at the table. And as future uh, regulations are put into place, uh, we're going to have more access and more Uh, dependable and longer seasons, which is a great thing. When you look at the Natural Resource Management Act that was passed earlier in 2019, simply put, it was all about increasing access, access for recreational uh, hunters, anglers, and and just folks that like to get out on the landscape. Right now, our country has has somewhere between 9 and 10 million acres of federal land that the public does not have access to. One of the important keys of this piece of legislation is requiring uh, the federal agencies to specifically identify where that's at and to work together to develop a plan to address those through uh, maybe it's key acquisitions uh, that would open up and provide access or other opportunities. We're excited about this. We're excited to see both the Modern Fish Act and the Natural Resource Management Act implemented over the next few years. Bob, we are out of time. Final 10 seconds. Just give us a word to close out. You know, I I think uh, first and foremost, thanks for our customer support. We appreciate your passion. Hopefully you will recognize that for Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's, conservation is core to who we are as a company. And we recognize the importance of teamwork and working together. We can ensure future generations will experience uh, the out of doors and ways that will make them proud of what we're doing today. So much to talk about. We're out of time. Bob, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for your conservation leadership. Look forward to the many opportunities and advancements of 2020. Happy New Year. That takes our next break. We return going to meet up with the president of the Wildlife Management Institute, Steve Williams. This is Rob Keck, your host right here on Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, and we will be right back. You know it takes the right habitat to conserve and grow healthy wildlife populations. At Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever, we're committed to helping landowners voluntarily protect land and wildlife habitat forever.
benefits here go beyond protecting habitat for upland birds and wildlife. Native grasslands protect soil, provide valuable resources for the ranching community, and serve as a natural filter to enhance water quality for all. We need your help to protect America's grasslands for future generations. Creating and leaving a legacy is within your reach. At Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever, we're here to help you make a difference. Healthy habitat and abundant wildlife. Build it today to last forever. To learn more about how you can help us protect America's uplands, please visit us at pheasantsforever.org legacy. Back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World on Rural Radio, Sirius XM. And we are back. And thanks for tuning into Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. And we're introducing our next guest, Dr. Steve Williams, who's president of the Wildlife Management Institute. Well, Steve serves on the board of directors of the National Fish and Wildlife Foundation, the American Wildlife Conservation Partners, Wildlife and Hunting Heritage Conservation Council, the Council to Advance the Hunting and Shooting Sports, and chair of the National Conservation Leadership Institute. He's a professional member of the Boone and Crockett Club and the Wildlife Society. And in addition to that, I've had the pleasure of working with Steve in a variety of capacities in the past, such as when he served as director of the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, and before that, as the Kansas Governor's Cabinet Secretary for the Department of Wildlife Parks Wildlife and Parks, and uh, also he was the Deputy Executive Director of the Pennsylvania Game Commission. I want you to welcome to Outdoor World my good friend, Steve Williams. Steve, welcome to Outdoor World. Thank you very much, Rob. It's, uh, it's great talking to you. Great hearing your voice again. Well, I just appreciate you and, uh, you know, for so many years, you know, you've been and you continue to be at the heartbeat of wildlife conservation in our great nation. And, you know, certainly we've come a long way in in the advancement of conservation priorities since the days of Roosevelt and Pinchot and Muir and more recently to Leopold. And, you know, many of the wildlife success stories from recoveries to introductions with wildlife science having played a key role. You know, we, we see a growing list of species on the threatened and endangered species list. And, you know, many times we refer to today as the golden age of, of wildlife, but we see some challenges out there. And, I guess, to the general public, where are we today in the conservation of our nation's wildlife? Is there a, a general statement you could make that, uh, you know, the general public could could embrace and understand? Well, I, I think um, what I'd say, Rob, is that, that obviously, and you, you kind of hinted at it, we've made tremendous successes in, in wildlife conservation, uh, even though, you know, we have uh, a lot of species on the threatened and endangered species list. Um, State agencies, the Fish and Wildlife Service, are working hard to, uh, you know, improve the lot of those those species, um, and we see we're seeing species come off the list. But I would say, yeah, we we have we face tremendous challenges, um, but we also have you know a much improved uh, understanding of fish and wildlife resources through uh, science that's been conducted through the years. So um, even though we face all these challenges, I'm still optimistic. I mean. You think about where we were at the turn of the 1900s and where we are today, and uh, we we should all celebrate the conservation success stories. Well, Steve, you as the president of the Wildlife Management Institute, you've certainly brought new life, new focus, new support to the Institute now. And, you know, when you you look at the age, what, over eight decades old, why don't you give us a little background on the Wildlife Management Institute? I think there's listeners out there that have no idea uh, of the name they, or why it was formed or what its mission even is today. Share that with us, if you would. Sure, sure. Um, the Wildlife Management Institute was really founded back uh, in the early part of the 1900s uh, by firearms and ammunition manufacturers who, who at that time realized that um, you know, wildlife populations were in bad shape, and that we needed a, a profession that became wildlife conservation. That you know, those terms really, it wasn't a profession in the early 1900s. But they put money behind uh, what is now the Wildlife Management Institute. We've been involved in uh, 
formation of uh, curriculum, wildlife curriculum in colleges across the country. We've published 40 or 50 uh, textbooks on, on wildlife. Um, and today, you know, we continue to serve uh, as partners and collaborators with uh, federal fish and wildlife agencies and all the state fish and wildlife agencies. Well, looking at some of the priorities of, of WMI, I mean, you, you've talked about that mission, but, you know, looking here into this, this new decade that uh, we've just embarked on, what will some of those priorities be? Front and center for us is, is our efforts to enhance the science and management of wildlife. And, and again, we do that primarily working with state fish and wildlife agencies. Another priority for us is uh, is working and helping to working on and helping develop conservation policy, mostly at the federal level, a little bit at the state level. Uh, we also have a, a, a priority uh, providing information and education uh, to the general public, but more importantly, or higher focused for us is uh, informing and educating um, state and federal uh, conservation agencies um, and. Uh, a fourth priority is to con- continue our work on administering projects, um, which are usually uh, in cooperation with, again, federal agencies or state agencies. WMI is in a unique position where uh, we can help administer them, uh, handle the funding for them, uh, and get things done that state agencies uh, couldn't necessarily get done on their own. Yeah. Well, speaking of state agencies, uh I want to talk here before we run out of time in this segment. As you well know, there's numerous agencies facing fish and wildlife agencies, and uh, you know more than we have time to cover today. But one of the biggest, if not the biggest, is conservation funding. Where is it going to come from as we see declines in, in hunting license revenue resulting from declines in hunter participation? Share with us your thoughts on that. Yeah, I'm happy to do that, and I totally agree with you, Rob. It's, it's the biggest issue facing us. But there is uh, a, a lot of reason for optimism. Uh, your own founder, Johnny Morris, was uh, the co-chair of the was called the Blue Ribbon Panel on Conservation Funding. And through the work of that uh, Blue Ribbon Panel, uh, we now have a, 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 an organization called the Alliance for America's Fish and Wildlife that has proposed legislation Uh, federal legislation. Uh, The name of that legislation is Recovering America's Wildlife Act, which would provide state agencies about $1.3 billion a year to address the conservation needs that they face. Uh, And it's a great opportunity to let your listeners know that um, that bill has passed out of the uh, House Committee, the Committee on Natural Resources, and um, we'll be up for a vote in the full house uh, this coming year, or this this year we're in, 2020. And I'd encourage uh, I encourage your listeners to take a look at a website called uh, OurNatureUSA.com and contact their their representatives and let them know how important uh, funding is for wildlife conservation. There you go. Important. We'll do just that. We'll keep really uh, harping on that throughout uh, our time here in this show uh, in the days ahead. Well, look, we got to take uh, our final break of this show. You're listening to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. This is Rob Keck, and we will be right back. We all have it. Whether it was passed down from our fathers or grandfathers, we knew it was there, inside us. That need, that longing to walk among the wild, But it's more than just our love of the outdoors that keeps us coming back. It's knowing we serve a purpose, to give more than we take. That we're here to carry on a legacy and become stewards of our wildlife. This place embodies that legacy with over a mile and a half of walkable trails and 35,000 live fish, mammals, reptiles, amphibians, and birds to teach and inspire. Stop, and you'll feel it. Listen, and you'll hear it. Asking you to share the wonder. The Wonders of Wildlife National Museum and Aquarium. Share the wonder. Back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World on Rural Radio, Sirius XM. And welcome back to our final segment of Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, and we've been having... 
an educational and an enlightening visit with the president of the Wildlife Management Institute, Dr. Steve Williams. Steve, the, the words climate change can be heard on the news almost daily. And very briefly, if you would, talk to us about the impacts on habitat and species distribution as, as a result of this changing climate that we experience. Yeah, um, we're seeing the, the most dramatic changes in the northern latitudes. I, I've spent some time in Alaska, uh, and there, uh, in discussions with Native Alaskans, they've been seeing this occur over the last 30, so, 30 or so years. And what's happening is that um, as the climate warms, uh, it's changing habitats, changing the plants um, that, that comprise habitat. Um, and those warmer, loving plants are moving further north just as um, animals that, that we never saw before or I never saw much in the past are continue to move north. I, a couple examples here in Pennsylvania are black vultures, which are vultures that we only saw in the south, and now it's more than common to see them here. Uh, climate change is having an impact on insect populations, uh, unfortunately, and a, a huge impact in the West with uh, pine bark beetles and so on. In the past, it would be cold enough in the winter, it would kill them off, but we're seeing these invasive insects move further and further north. And um, it's, uh, you know, it's changing the habitat. We're seeing changes in the timing of migrations and waterfowl. Uh, nesting and a waterfowl, so it's something that we've we've got to uh, we've got to learn to adapt to. Well, another thing that uh, another well acronym we hear is CWD, chronic wasting disease, and it certainly gained full attention of our state and federal wildlife agencies, the non governmental conservation groups, and certainly deer, elk, and moose hunters are now even more aware. And a lot of people don't realize it. Congress is now being exposed to it and trying to understand this. Why don't you share a word or two on the status of, uh, of this issue? Well, CWD is, is, is one of the most concerning issues facing the wildlife profession, not only for its impact on, on as you said, on deer, moose, elk, and so on, but also on, on the hunting population, the humans, uh, the hunters, and the importance of their funding for these agencies. The, the, the positive thing about CWD is that uh, it's really pulled together diverse organizations uh, with a singular focus, and that's how do we, uh, what kind of research do we need to conduct so we better understand uh, how we might be able to manage the uh, the issue. Uh, the WMI has been uh, leading the CWD Alliance for, for many years now, 15 or so years. The National Deer Alliance, is, as you're well aware, uh, is on the scene and uh, bringing together groups, uh, other organizations together. Uh, and we do have the attention of Congress, and we certainly have the attention of state legislatures. So um, the only good news I can say about it is it's it's really uh, we're we're starting to get some coordination among organizations, and and I think in the future we'll have a better understanding uh, of how to deal uh, with CWD. Well, you know that very word of understanding. Uh, I think is is something that it's it's a gap, it's a challenge uh, that we have out there today. And you know, the American public is is somewhat detached from the conservation matters and issues that you and I and and many other professionals deal with. In your opinion, how can we bring the public to a, to a better understanding of the relevancy of conservation? Well, we, we need we need to do a lot of things in in, in that regard, but. Um, what we really need to do is, is provide uh, um, or have folks think more about the impact of nature on their lives, how it affects their lives. Um, every major city in the country has parks. We have state parks. That's Humans evolved in a natural environment, and, and we crave that. And, and we found that there's research that's uh, been conducted through the years that uh, nature, exposure to nature, exposure to conservation uh, helps our physical and mental uh, health, our, our, our well-being. It's a matter of quality of life. Um, hunters and anglers need to get out and, and, and talk with their friends and neighbors who perhaps don't get involved in those activities and explain just how important it is for them to share time outdoors uh, with their kids, with their friends. Um, and. I just can't stress enough that this is a quality of life issue. 
the conservation work that's done through organizations and state uh, and federal fish and wildlife agencies has a positive impact on all Americans. Uh, we need to tell that story in a much better fashion than we have in the past. You're so right. I mean, we have talked to ourselves way too much. And when you look at, uh, you know, the fact that today with populations, especially those that are hunted, that are thriving, who doesn't enjoy, whether you hunt or not, to drive down a country road and see a flock of turkeys, hear elk bugle, hear the music of waterfowl overhead. I mean, so much of this just adds to to the quality of life of so many people. And uh, we've got to do a better job of, of telling our story and to share with people the good news that uh, hunting and, and wildlife management is really important to the future of that quality of life. Well, Steve, there's a number of conservation issues that uh, we haven't even begun to touch upon, and I know there are going to be uh, some of those on the agenda, the 85th North American Wildlife Natural Resources Conference. I want to have you back real soon so we can delve even further into those conservation priorities of 2020. But just briefly, share with our listeners about what the North American Wildlife Natural Resources Conference is. Yeah, the, 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 the North American Wildlife and Natural Resource Conference uh, has been going on, uh, well, for 85 years now. It brings together the top leadership of federal land management agencies, uh, the state, all the state fish and wildlife agencies, the conservation organizations, leadership from all the conservation organizations, uh, academia, and also um, those folks involved in fish and wildlife conservation uh, in the Department of Defense. Once a year, we meet uh, in March. There'll be over a thousand participants. We have 60 to 70 uh, concurrent, uh, well, through through the course of a week, 60 to 70 uh, sessions, workshops. Uh, it's a real business meeting, um, and it's it's not the kind of conference that you know where you go out and play golf. Uh, we're all in a hotel and, and talking about the business of conservation uh, for a week-long period. It's um, it's really an incredible uh, conference. Uh, I look forward to it every year. I'd, I'd love to come back and talk with you all about it later. Uh, and I just I, I just end with you know we've got a lot of challenges. We look back at our history of, of this profession, and uh, with an engaged public, I, I don't think there's any challenge that uh, that we can't surmount. Steve, thanks for all that you've done for conservation. Thanks for being with us today. You know, your conservation leadership and all that you do to preserve our rich heritage uh, is underappreciated. I just want to say thank you. Thank you and Happy New Year. Also, a big thanks to Katie Mitchell, Bob Zemer for being our guests as well. That's going to wrap it up today right here on Bass Pro Shops After World. I'm Rob Keck. On behalf of Bass Pro Shops, your adventure always starts right here. Thanks for answering the call. That call to preserving our rich hunting, fishing, and trapping heritage. We'll see you next week. This has been Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. Talking all things outdoors. Brought to you by Bass Pro Shops, your outdoor leader. Join us next Saturday and every Saturday for more special guests and unique locations.